Hello, everyone. This is The Sexual Catholic, and I'm your host, Dr. Mark Levant. If you're interested in broadening your understanding of sexuality and or the sexuality-Catholicism connection, you're in the right place. Thanks for being here today. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Sexual Catholic. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Levand, and today we'll talk a bit about what constitutes a sexually healthy adult and some meaningful Catholic teachings we can apply to an affirmative approach to our sexual wellness journey. Uh, why talk about this? Well, when working with adults, and especially religious adults, I'm often asked, what does sexual health look like? I've only known what not to do. So what should I do? Uh, and this is a pretty frequent question. Uh, and sometimes, knowing can go a long way. Sometimes, if we have an idea of where we want to go with our sexual lives, it can be easier to get there when we have a map or at least some suggestions. In order to look at this, uh, we should first consider what sexual health means. There are a lot of definitions and a bunch of people who study the term sexual health in depth. But for now, let's look at the definition of sexual health by the uh, World Health Organization, or the WHO. Quote, Sexual health is a state of physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. It is not merely the absence of disease, dysfunction, or infirmity. Sexual health requires a positive and respectful approach to sexuality and sexual relationships, as well as the possibility of having pleasurable and safe sexual experiences, free of coercion, discrimination, and violence. For sexual health to be attained and maintained, the sexual rights of all persons must be respected, protected, and fulfilled. End quote. Why is this definition important? I think the answer to that is in the positive and respectful approach aspect, uh, when it lists free of coercion, discrimination, and violence. There are people all over the world who have been in situations where information about sexuality has been restricted. They have been put in sexually dangerous situations. They've been exploited or harmed around sexuality, and many people know all too often the pain caused by approaching sexuality from a non-respectful approach or a negative and coercive approach. I think this context is important because I think it says something, that we all don't live in environments that support well-being around sexuality. Many people don't live in countries with educational initiatives that support sexual health. I'm from the U.S., and we currently have no mandate for comprehensive sex ed across all 50 states. Some states don't require medically accurate sexuality education at all. So in this conversation about sexually healthy adults, first, recognize that you may not have been set up for success by your community or your environments. Also, pat yourself on the back uh, for wanting to explore that more to better understand yourself and those around you through a lens of sexuality. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. And with that, let's look at what constitutes a sexually healthy adult and what we can glean from Catholic teaching about those things. So, 
The characteristics of a sexually healthy adult have been talked about here in the U.S. for decades. The Sexuality Education and Information Council of the United States, or SECUS, now rebranded as SECUS, Sex Ed for Social Change, released guidelines about sexuality education in 1991, in 1996, and in 2004 that describe these characteristics of sexually healthy adults that have changed over the years, but include some important components. I believe the 2004 version had 37 different points, and I'm not going to read all of those to you verbatim here. I've summarized them for the sake of time, and I also want to couch them in a quick conversation about health. Uh, and what it means to be quote-unquote healthy. Historically, people have used the word health to mean free from disease or badness of some kind, and that often results in a myopic, narrow understanding of what can be healthy or, more accurately, promote the well-being of people. I was talking to a colleague about this and how, you know, quote, health can bring with it some value-laden language. And I wanted to use a different word, because when we describe characteristics of sexual health, it implies that there's an end point, a resolution, the end of the road, that you've completed sexual wellness and you are a sexual wellness master. Uh, and let's be honest, that's not how this works. Uh, no one is the most sexually healthy individual in the world. Uh, even the best of us can really just orient ourselves toward a goal and head that way with intent. We may not live up to it every second of every day, but the fact that we have these things in mind is what counts. And so, I have compressed these components into like four major groups with some points under each. Um, most of them are from CECUS, and about one or two are from the Minnesota's Department of Health. Um, but we'll look at them as being a, a sexually conscientious adult. Because these are the things that we can keep in mind as we try to do our best in this world. So, what can we keep in mind? What can we be conscientious of in our sexual lives? Well, sexually conscientious adults understand that human development includes sexual development, which may or may not include reproduction or sexual or genital experiences. They appreciate their own body. This is the vessel that carries you through this world. Young or old, we have things to appreciate about our bodies. Maybe not everything. Chronic illness or our bodies not doing what we might want them to do can be frustrating. But there are also pleasures that we can experience in the world only from our bodies. And we can offer gratitude for that. Sexually conscientious adults affirm their own sexual orientation and gender identity and respect the sexual orientation and gender identities of others. Why? So that we can interact with all genders in respectful and appropriate ways. Sexually conscientious adults demonstrate respect for people with different sexual values. We'll talk about this a bit later. But respecting differences around sexual values is important for being a mindful adult who lives in a diverse world. So about ourselves, sexually conscientious adults identify and live according to their values. Identifying being the first and most important step here. Uh, and an important note, these should change and grow over time 
as you change and grow. Sexually conscientious adults take responsibility for their own behavior. If we have a hard time talking with a partner or loved one, and maybe we say something that could be hurtful, or we do something hurtful, whether we intend to or not, we can take responsibility for our effect in the world. Sexually conscientious adults do their best to enjoy and express their sexuality in ways that are congruent with their values. They enjoy sexual feelings without necessarily acting on them. There's this prominent myth that people must act on sexual thoughts or feelings, and that's not true. That's actually an assumption that is the root of a lot of gender bias and other things in this world. People can enjoy feelings without doing anything about them. Sexually conscientious adults practice body care, such as regular checkups or chest or genital exams uh, for early identification of potential health concerns. Caring for your body is an important thing in the world. Now, the third of these four sections is in our relationships. Sexually conscientious adults express and communicate love and intimacy in appropriate ways, both sexual and non-sexual. Sexually conscientious adults are mindful of power dynamics in their relationships. This is important for developing meaningful relationships and avoiding exploitative or manipulative relationships. Uh, many of us have experience of these kinds of relationships, feeling exploited or having a power imbalance. Sometimes they may happen in our relationships without us even knowing. Being mindful of these dynamics is important to our sexual lives. Sexually conscientious adults communicate about themselves, their needs, their wants, and their boundaries with family, peers, and romantic partners. Sometimes we need reflection time to understand our boundaries, but communicating about them, while sometimes easier said than done, is a meaningful part of our sexual lives. This also involves reciprocation in listening to the needs, wants, and boundaries of others, and respecting and valuing those. Sexually conscientious adults foster relationships, both sexual and non-sexual, that are consensual, non-exploitative, honest, and pleasurable. Sexually conscientious adults are mindful of and communicate about their intentions regarding contraception, pregnancy, and STIs. How do you intend to operate around these in your sexual life? Are you and any potential partners on the same page about these? Sexually conscientious adults are mindful of the fact that sexual development can be impacted by negative sexual experiences like sexual abuse or trauma and negative cultural messages. Sometimes these things can deeply impact the way we are sexual beings in this world. Being mindful of this means listening to and respecting others' experiences and how that has influenced their experience of sexuality that they're willing to share or not share with you. And related to this is working toward abuse prevention. And sexually conscientious adults reject stereotypes about the sexuality of different populations and respect others by avoiding prejudice and bigoted behavior. Sometimes stereotypes are formed in our minds that we might not even be aware of. It's good to talk about these 
with trusted friends and professionals that can help you challenge them in productive ways. And the last section with just three points is education. Sexually conscientious adults recognize and honor the rights of all people to have accurate sexuality information and help foster education for others. Sexually conscientious adults seek out information as they need it to make informed choices about family options or relationships and to enhance their sexuality. I've been in this field for almost 20 years, and there is still stuff to learn. There's always going to be more stuff to learn, more things that you can seek out to help you live a more fulfilling sexual life. And lastly, sexually conscientious adults seek to understand how their surroundings impact their thoughts, feelings, values, and behaviors related to sexuality. This means that we need to assess the impact of family, culture, religion, society, and media messages related to sexuality on ourselves and those around us. And we need to critically examine the world around us for biases based on gender, sexual orientation, culture, ethnicity, and race. Because all of these impact who we are as embodied sexual beings and how we operate and treat others in this world. So, those are the components of being a sexually conscientious adult. Whew. And a quick reminder that these are not something to put on a checklist and try and complete, but rather a way of reflecting on ourselves and how we live in the world as sexually gifted humans. And so, what does Catholic theology have to say about these things? Well, spoiler alert. Uh, there are very clear directives on not discriminating against others. Um, even if not everyone in the church practices this. I say this because many Catholics use church teaching as a way to discriminate, and the church actively teaches that they shouldn't. Specifically, in the Second Vatican Council document, uh, Gaudium et Spes, paragraph number 29, says, quote, Every type of discrimination, whether social or cultural, whether based on sex, race, color, social condition, language, or religion, is to be overcome and eradicated as contrary to the intent of God. End quote. There's not really any ambiguity there. Discrimination? Nope. Not in line with Catholic teaching. We also see a call for us to have loving, supportive, and interdependent relationships with others specifically around the components that have to do with respecting others. Respecting and honoring differences in others enforces coexistence, living together. And Pope Francis describes a culture of coexistence and listening in his encyclical Fratelli Tutti, where he describes a, quote, society where differences coexist, complementing, enriching, and reciprocally illuminating one another. End quote. But Mark, what if I don't agree or I have reservations with those things? Well, I'm glad you ask. He goes on to say, quote, even amid disagreements and reservations, each of us can learn something from others. End quote. 
And this next part I find particularly important and meaningful for sexuality, in terms of values, identity, and behaviors. He goes on to say, quote, No one is useless and no one is expendable. This also means finding ways to include those on the peripheries of life, for they have another way of looking at things. They see aspects of reality that are invisible to the centers of power where weighty decisions are made. End quote. Even those on the peripheries of society should be included in this coexistence because they have special insight for seeing things that people not there might not otherwise see. And so when you recognize that you're not in a particular group, that's time for listening. We will look more into that with sexual identity in a later episode. But while we're on uh, Fratelli Tutti, let's talk about uh, that education piece. Pope Francis notes education as one of many essentials for, quote, quality human relationships and for enabling society itself to react against injustices, aberrations, and abuses of economic, technological, political, and media power, end quote. We will talk about sexuality education in the next episode. But the value of education and educating others can work in our world to enable society to react against injustices. And in the case of sexually conscientious persons, we care about the injustices that happen to ourselves and others when we are not given access to accurate and comprehensive education about sexuality. The church says many more awesome things about our right to education, not discriminating against people, and having great human relationships, but we'll save those for future episodes. For now, let's recap and wrap up. As sexually conscientious adults, we understand that human development includes sexual development, which may or may not involve genitals and reproduction. We appreciate our body. We affirm our sexual orientation and gender identity and respect the sexual orientation and gender identities of others. We demonstrate respect for people with different sexual values. As sexually conscientious adults, we identify and live according to our values. We take responsibility for our behavior in the world. We do our best to enjoy and express our sexuality congruent with our values. We can enjoy sexual feelings without necessarily acting on them. We can practice body care, checkups, self-exams, and for the early identification of potential health concerns. As sexually conscientious adults, we express and communicate love and intimacy in appropriate sexual and non-sexual ways. We are mindful of power dynamics in our relationships and develop meaningful relationships, avoiding exploitation and manipulation. We communicate about ourselves, our needs, our wants, and our boundaries with family, peers, and romantic partners. We foster relationships, sexual and non-sexual, that are consensual, non-exploitative, honest, and pleasurable. We are mindful of and communicate about intentions regarding contraception, pregnancy, and STIs. We are mindful of the fact that 
Sexual development can be impacted by negative sexual experiences and negative cultural messages, and we work toward abuse prevention. We reject stereotypes about the sexuality of different populations and respect others by avoiding behaviors that exhibit prejudice and bigotry. And lastly, as sexually conscientious adults, we recognize and honor the rights of all people to have accurate sexuality information and help foster education for others. We seek out information as needed when we find a gap in our sexuality knowledge, and we seek to understand how our surroundings impact our thoughts, feelings, values, and behaviors related to sexuality. And remember, these are not accomplishments to be checked off, but rather meaningful frameworks set by sexuality educators and scholars towards sexual wholeness and integration in the world today. Thank you for tuning in today. Please join us next time for a look at how Catholic teaching can support holistic and comprehensive sexuality education. Thank you all for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard or otherwise appreciated it, please subscribe and rate the podcast. If you have other thoughts or ideas for future episodes you'd like to share, please email thesexualcatholic at gmail.com. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about the work that I do, for more information, please visit www.marklevond.com. Thank you for tuning in. I hope something in today's episode was helpful, interesting, or otherwise inspiring. Have a great day.